Greetings, Northlings, and welcome to Haunted Up North, the monumentally macabre podcast dedicated to the telling of real-life paranormal experiences from the north of the UK. I'm your host, Victoria, and it's special guest Sunday time today, and I'm here with my partner, Martin. Martin, as Michael Jackson would probably call him, if he was here with us today. Are you allowed to talk about Michael Jackson nowadays? Is this recording? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can talk about anyone. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you your favourite Michael Jackson song. Beat It. Yeah. No, like, um, it's just another part of me. <laughs> um, I like Man in the Mirror, and I like... The way you make me feel. Rob Pierce Morgan, isn't it? What is? Man in the <laughs> Didn't know that. I don't like yeah. it now. I'm only joking. Thanks for joining us today anyway, Martin. Martin. That's okay. Is that Irish? Is that a theme? It's meant to be Michael Jackson's voice in the... Irish Jackson. In the Martin Bashir documentary. Oh, right. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for coming. That's okay. What are you drinking? Tetley's. <laughs> is that because this is a Yorkshire-based podcast? Yeah. Would mm. you like to... Is it nice? Yeah, it's all right. It's Tetley's Lager. It's nice, yeah. It's good. It's reasonably priced. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. What's your backstory? <laughs> <laughs> What's my backstory? What, like the A-team? Yeah. Um, it's not as exciting as the A-team. You don't need to know a backstory. Well, me. Do you want to say something about yourself? Were you, were you yeah, not- my name's Martin, and I've been to Crumlin Road Jail, <laughs> but not as an inmate. But you're not from Yorkshire, are you? No. Where are you from? I'm from a place in the northeast of England, where Ron Atkinson was from, is from. Are you not wanting to say where you're from? You're from County Durham? Yes. Is it a secret? <laughs> it's a secret in case <laughs> CIA are listening. Well, I think people can probably tell by your accent that you're from the, the North East. Yes, I'm from Ca- County Durham. <laughs> and you... Do you need to know the house numbers I lived in and all that. Jesus. Um, but you moved, You lived in Lancashire for a while. You lived in Lancaster and Manchester. Yeah, which technically could still be classed as Lancashire. And then you moved to Yorkshire when you yeah, started was, going out with me. Yeah, well, I moved to Yorkshire. Yorkshire. You... I've lived here for... Uh, many years. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I love Yorkshire. It's nice. What's your favourite bit of Yorkshire? Part, what's your favourite Yorkshire experience, apart from Tetley's? The bit that everyone from Yorkshire tells you they're from Yorkshire. <laughs> so you always know if someone's from Yorkshire, because they say, I'm from Yorkshire. God's own country. That's what they say, don't they? Well, they call County Durham the land of the Prince Bishops. Yeah, see? But so we you've don't... gone from a bishop prince to a... To God. <laughs> yeah, see, we don't bleat on about it, do we? No one knows that. Uh, well, thanks for introducing yourself. I'd like to ask you a question. And the question is, have you ever seen a ghost? Possibly. I've never had many supernatural experiences, really, or that I can think of being supernatural. I've experienced something strange. Well, you were there. Oh, Yeah. It could be perfectly rational explanation, but it just seemed very bizarre. And it was when we saw an old elderly couple 
walking across a big green by the sea up in Scotland towards us where we were looking out to sea and they were moving very slowly so they looked like they'd been you know in the mid 60s at the youngest up to it could be an 80 plus and then they um I saw them and we're looking out to sea and it was across a big green with nowhere to kind of hide behind there was no bushes trees or anything it's like right on the seafront and then when we looked back they just disappeared and there were there was nowhere really they, they didn't move fast enough to be able to go into the little village and there wasn't anywhere obvious to hide because it's just a big flat piece of grass that was open space so unless they went into the sea <laughs> which they would have had to pass us <clears throat> so yeah that was strange it might have been it wasn't a case of you know that we looked away for five minutes and then looked back and they were heading right directly towards us so it wasn't like they were wandering around aimlessly unless they changed direction very quickly and started running or something I don't think they could have run yeah but the lady I mean, was the lady had a the lady had a crutch didn't she yeah, I can't quite remember, but yeah, they were, they were moving very slowly. Like I say, they seemed very elderly, and then they just disappeared. So it was a case of, you know, looking away for maybe 10, 15 seconds, or maybe 30 seconds, but you that wouldn't have given them time, even if you hot-footed it away, they would have, you know, and they didn't seem like they were capable of that. No, and I remember not really being aware of them until we were aware of them not being there. Yeah. Like, I, it was like we saw them in a memory rather than noticed them when we do you know what I mean like yeah, we, we, it, we saw them but in hindsight it well, wasn't, wasn't like paying massive attention because yeah. they were just we were the only people there they were the only other people there it was um clear day I can't remember was it warm or was it cold I can't it remember. was a bit windy and it was sort of like was it winter time or summer I think I it was remember. for some reason I think it was the end of summer maybe like August or something we had ice creams Ah, yeah, so it wasn't winter then. So, yeah, the weather was clear. I mean, I remember it being clear. I can't remember it being... Because, well, you could see out of sea, couldn't you? And you wouldn't really want to stand on a seafront if it was blowing a gale. And, yeah, it was very strange. So that's kind of one of the... Well, one of the only or one of the few experiences I've had of something spooky. Could have been a perfectly rational explanation, but I've thought about them and it doesn't seem to be an obvious one, you know? It was like, could they have been picked up in a car... But just the way they were heading. The road wasn't near enough. And the road's not near. It wasn't like they were heading towards the road to get picked up and they wouldn't have headed that way because there was nothing for them to head from. Yeah. Because there's just the backs of houses that have big wall, have walled gardens. I don't even think there's gates and things. So it was just, it wouldn't, it didn't seem rational that they'd be doing that. So yeah, it was very, very eerie. One of the eeriest bits about that was that it seemed so commonplace. A lot of people don't know they've seen a ghost because sometimes a ghost can present itself as something very mundane and everyday and it's yeah. afterwards that people kind of think oh my you know what was that all about yeah. you know some apparitions do present <clears throat> themselves quite obviously as something paranormal but a lot of people have realized they've seen a ghost afterwards well yeah and it doesn't seem like a ghost at all when you see them no and no, i wasn't scared it wasn't scared as in traditional things of seeing a you know it wasn't a spectre that jumped out or it was dark and something you saw an apparition coming down the hallway or you're in an eerie building or anything it was right out in the open we've discussed this before where i said it could have been us from the future but you said they didn't look anything like us i didn't pay that much attention <laughs> um i think i looked at the woman and uh didn't think she looked like me 
But I didn't notice what the men looked like. Yeah, well, I didn't, like I said, I didn't pay that much attention either. So it wasn't really, because there was no reason to, but it was just the fact that they just disappeared. Yeah, they were gone it one was... minute. No, they were there one minute and then gone the next. Yeah, but it wasn't even a minute, it was just like... Yeah, a second. I don't know whether it could have been an apparition from the future, time travellers, a I... glitch in the Matrix, who knows? Yeah, maybe. I once, um, I've talked about my paranormal experiences on here before. Sorry, it's a bit windy today, if anyone can hear, can hear the wasn't wind. wasn't a ghost. <laughs> I, hope it's I, think, I think after I've reduced the noise on this anyway, you probably can't hear it. But yeah, it's very windy and rainy here today. So if you hear a weird sound, it's uh, it's that. But yeah, I've, I've talked about things that I've experienced on here before. And it's, and it's not been anything massively monumental. But there's one thing that I... Speaking of everyday things that you witness that don't seem scary, I remember something that happened to me when I was a kid. And while we're talking about doorstep ghosts, this is this was actually something that happened literally on my doorstep. And I can't remember how old I was, but we're in our we're in a house that I know that we had when I was below the age of eleven. And it was like a it was like a big old terrace house with steps down to the road. And this car came past. And my my dad's mum, my grandma, had died because I don't know what age I was. It was hard to know how long after it was that she died. So I don't know if it was... But you were young. Yeah, I was young. I think she might have died when I was five or six or something. Oh, right. And I was playing outside, so I must have been very yeah, young old still. Yeah, you were enough to go out, but not, yeah, not in the street. Yeah. So I think it might have been just after. And this car came past, and it was being driven by a man in the front. And in the back, with the window down, was someone in the back seat who looked the spitting image of my grandma, like, completely... And I wasn't a kid who would probably tell myself something was one way when it wasn't. And she looked the spitting image of her. Have I ever told mm. you this? I don't know. Well, she I was, don't she, think so. She was, sat, she was sat in the back and she wasn't looking at me. But she right. had the same hair, the same face. And she had the window down and she was smoking. And my grandma smoked. And she was smoking in the exact same way that she would smoke. And I remember just stopping. And actually, it was like a film. I just kind of went... Grandma, like to myself, like not in that voice, but you know, like I just, I stopped and she looked so much like, like my grandma. Like it wasn't, but I wasn't, um, it was just one of those everyday things. And then the car just went and she wasn't even looking at me. So probably. So was it just driving past or did Just driving past. pulled away, it was parked up. No, no, it was driving past the street slowly. Right. It was, it was really strange and it, it looked just like her. And I know loads of people have seen um, loved ones after they've died and stuff. And some mm. some cultures just think that you, you will see people after they're dead. It's just it's just a fact. It's just something that happens. Like, you know, loads of people, I know loads of people who've, whose pets have died. And then just after, there's been some strange experience in the house. And I know that my, in my family, after my uncle died, my auntie and my cousin experienced strange things just after. Like, um, <laughs> things electronics come into life when they're unplugged and stuff when there mm. hadn't been any activity in the house before that and i'm not i'm not saying that it's definitely that but it's very strange it's probably a good topic for a future episode but i remember yeah. when my when one of our dogs died when my parents were still together living in scotland they saw the dog quite regularly like just you know like um walking around the side of the house and stuff and it was it's not a scary thing 
And my grandma, it happened to my grandma once. She she was really close with her cousin Roy. And when he died, she was she was pretty heartbroken. And then maybe sometime after, she was in a crowd of people and she spotted him in the crowd and she was so convinced that it was him, she ran after him. And she couldn't, she didn't find the person that she'd seen. But yeah, I thought I'd mention that because I haven't mentioned that yet. And I do oh yeah, revisit it in the future. It would be good to get, get people's thoughts on that. Hmm. But what reminded me of that experience was I've been recently listening to Uncanny, a podcast called Uncanny by Danny Robbins that you introduced me to. And there's an episode in that where people have seen their friends just after they've died or at the point where they've died, like watching them in the distance and stuff like that. So if anyone wants to listen to that before we do our own episode about it, it's on BBC Sounds called Uncanny. Yeah, it's a very good podcast. I've only listened to one so far, but... It's, um, they have ghosts and aliens, don't they? Yeah, it's like all paranormal stuff. It's good. Yeah, but Danny Robbins did another one called the Battersea Poltergeist. So oh, is it the same? Yeah, oh. it's the same guy. Oh, right. But shall we talk about the subject of today's podcast? Yes. Do you want to tell the listener what we're going to talk about? <clears throat> we're going to talk about a place in Northern Ireland. So it's haunted up north related. Yeah. And it's a place in Belfast, the capital of Northern Ireland. Very nice city. If ever, anyone's never been, it's it's a worth a visit. It's a good good place. And it's a place with a lot of history in Belfast called Crumlin Road Jail. HMP Crumlin Road. Is it HMP? Oh yeah, the prison. Yeah, it was HMP. <laughs> it wasn't HMS. That's different. I've done quite a f- <laughs> It's because on episode number four, I talked about the Titanic, so I've got it imprinted into my head. But yeah, we're going to talk about some very interesting tales to do with Crumlin Road Jail, with which to scintillate, scare, and entertain you today. There's a wealth, because you said Belfast's a really nice place to visit, there's a wealth of interesting things to see in Belfast, isn't there? Yeah. The Titanic, yeah. which was built there. We went to... When did we go to Belfast? Was it... It was 2017. Yeah, it was... I think, uh, 2017. Five years ago, yeah. Yeah. And it was... Uh, we'd never been, had we, before? And it was quite a surprise, because you never know what to expect in a, in a new city that no. you've never been to. But it was it was a fantastic place. Yeah, so we went to the Titanic Museum, like you said, because uh, that's where the RMS <laughs> Titanic... Yeah, RMS Titanic was built. By Harland and Wolf. Yeah, the big shipyard, the big cranes are still there and stuff. They're so spectacular, aren't they? Dotted about the skyline. Those yeah, cranes. it's like a. I love, I love them. And it's just outside the city centre as well. It's not a massive place, is it? Belfast, so you can. I mean, we walked around, didn't we? Most of it, and yeah, it's got a nice feel to it these days, despite its troubled past. I've only been to Ireland twice, and once was to Dublin, once was to Belfast, but I'd yeah, like to well, go again. One's, one's the north, and one's the south. I thought it was ridiculously clean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. It's a very modern, clean, friendly city. Yeah, I mean, the city centre's lovely. Lots of nice pubs as well. And we had a bus trip to look at the peace walls and murals, didn't we, that yeah, were built we a... during the infamous Troubles. Yeah, there's a lot of history there, you know, fairly recent history in the Troubles, and there's, it's a very interesting place to, to go to, because, you, you know, everyone knows about the Troubles, I'm sure, and it's kind of really... Eye-opening to see things firsthand, yeah. isn't it? And it's kind of, there's still tensions there, but it's, it is recent history, isn't it? 
And you can't really talk about Belfast without talking about the Troubles. So sh- should we talk about what the Troubles were very simply? Because... Well, I don't think we need to go into that, do we? Well, I'm going to. Okay. So the Troubles were a low-level war, mm-hmm. a conflict in Northern Ireland that spanned throughout three decades from the late 1960s to 1998, and it's considered to have ended with the Good Friday Agreement in 1998. Yeah. The Troubles took place mostly in Northern Ireland, though the violence spilled over into parts of the Republic of Ireland, England and mainland Europe. And it was primarily political and nationalistic, fueled by historical events and had an ethnic or sectarian dimension, though it's not considered a religious conflict. No, but it's, you know, that's all tied in, isn't it? It's, it's hard to disassociate from that <clears throat> aspect of it. Yeah. Because Unionists and Loyalists, who were mostly Ulster Protestants, wanted Northern Ireland to remain with the United Kingdom. And Irish Nationalists and Republicans were mostly Irish Catholics, and they wanted Northern Ireland to leave the UK and become a one united island. So it was a conflict, really, between two quite religiously affiliated sides, with two opposing opinions about the ownership of Northern Ireland. Yes. History lesson. <laughs> yeah, but some some people don't know what no, they no, are. It's, it's, it's it is very simplistic way of talking about it. No, we need I think, to know, I suppose. Yeah. I think if we're talking about Crumlin Road Jail, I think we do sort of need to touch on it. Yeah. But I felt like when we were in Belfast, I didn't feel like the Troubles were something that happened like ages ago and aren't still relevant a bit. Well, no, there's still, there is still... An atmosphere. Yeah, and there's still conflict, you know, there's still occasional people come out of the woodwork and there's been events recently, you know, but it's it's few and far between, thankfully, these days. Um, And the majority of people kind of want to see that as something in the dim and not-so-distant past. You know, people tend to, or, you know, they try to get on as best they can, and I think most people do. And the city reflects that. It's quite a... It's a really friendly city. Yeah, and there's still, obviously... Catholic and Protestant areas that are kind of divided, but there's a lot more integration than there used to be. But there's a lot of remnants of the the troubles that are still, you know, like you mentioned before, the peace walls, which kind of divide the the two areas. Big metal walls, aren't there, with gates in them, like a border. Very strange. If you've never seen something like that, you probably won't see something like that anywhere else in the world, apart from select few places. So it's, it's not something you expect to see on... In Britain or Ireland. Because on, on the walk up to Crumlin Road Jail, because we walked up there, didn't we? Yes, we walked. From the we, centre. <laughs> we looked on Google Maps and thought, that'd be a good idea. Let's <laughs> let's walk, because you can walk in a straight line. So, yeah, it was it was good, because, you know, you get to find parts of the city, don't you, that you would, wouldn't if you just jumped in a taxi or got the bus or whatever. So, it's, yeah, it was good. And we walked up and saw a few strange sights, didn't we? Like churches with big... Metal ten foot high fences around them with bullet holes in and yeah, because um, we you know, walked across an area that was the most shots fired or something. Yeah, it was the oh, I can't remember the name of the roundabout, but it's no. uh, it was on the kind of dividing line between Protestant and Catholic areas, and there was a lot of conflict took place around that area, um, the bottom of Crumlin Road. And yeah, the more shots were fired in the troubles across that roundabout, apparently. But there's, you know, the, we walked up and we saw, you know, as we were walking towards the jail, some of the curbstones had been painted. It was a loyalist area, this murals on the end of houses. It's things you kind of, you see on telly or read about and then you see them firsthand. It was just walking within 10 minutes of the city centre. You're in these kind of areas full of history and full of 
conflict. It's a really interesting place. But yeah, that was the bottom of Crumlin Road. And yeah, you walk up Crumlin Road, don't you? There's a hospital. And then there's the courthouse, isn't there? You see as you're walking up in the jail. As you're walking up Crumlin Road from the city centre, the courthouse is on your left and the jail's on your right. Yeah. Um, and the courthouse is very strange because it's, it's derelict. Yeah. So that's a kind of a good marker to know you're there. Crumlin Road is uh, it's in northwest Belfast. Yeah. And it, it runs for around four miles. Yeah, it's a big road. From north of Belfast to the outskirts of the city. And it's called Crumlin Road because it forms part of the A52 road that leads to the town of Crumlin. Crumlin. Right? Hence the name. That's clever there. <laughs> Crumlin Road to me sounds like a goblin road from the yeah, it's a strange name, isn't it? Or like a Harry Potter street. It's very or Northern Irish. Something out of Conan the Barbarian or something yeah. like that. So Crumlin Road Jail... Since 1996, it's also known as the Crumb. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Since 1996, (laughs) it's the only remaining Victorian-era former prison in Northern Ireland. Yeah, and you can tell when you see the place, it's a... It's a grade A, grade A listed building. Yeah, it is. It's a, is it red brick or is it stone? I can't remember. It's like stone, isn't it? It's constructed of black basalt rock. Like the moon. Oh, is it? Is that what the moon's made of? Yeah, well, it's not. It's made of many things, but yeah, basalt rocks like moon rock. Ooh. Yeah. It was designed by Sir Charles Lanyon, and it was built between 1843 and 1845. And it covers around 10 acres of land at the bottom of Crumlin Road. And it was one of the most advanced prisons of its day when it was built. Yeah, well, it's divided, isn't it, into wings? And it's like a starship almost, isn't it? Like it's a like a five-sided or... wall. Yeah. And it's got um, four wings of up to four storeys high, which fan off from a central area known yeah. as the circle. It's a proper porridge prison. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm sure, has it, has it been used in any TV shows? I guess it was still open until the 90s, wasn't it? So it's I don't know. Not. Shall I have a look? No, I mean, they have concerts there, don't they, now? And like, had the world's strongest man there, didn't they? In 2020. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a it's an odd place, and they're yeah, thinking that it was open twenty years ago. It was um, originally constructed to hold between five hundred and five hundred and fifty prisoners, and it was the first prison in Northern Ireland to be built according to the separate system, which was intended to separate prisoners with each other with no communication between them, which is not very nice. No, can you imagine? But then later on, they had three people in a cell. Yeah, so that kind of went out <laughs> the window, didn't it? <laughs> But yeah, the interesting I was in the thing. the 70s, late 70s by that time. Well, when you mentioned it's Victorian, you, you see the, um, there were no toilets, were there, in the cells? There was like one toilet down the hallway, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. For, so it's like really, you know, for it's the 1990s, it's like stepping back in time, you know, you think people say prisoners have an easy life and all that, and it's, it's pretty... <laughs> Not in this one. I've no, heard, I read some terrible things, actually, just like, yeah. you know, I won't go into too much here, because I don't know... No. How triggering it would be for people. Uh, but women inmates were kept there until the 1900s in a separate block. Do you remember? It's like a ruin now. It's like a really spooky, roofless ruin. Oh, right. I can't remember I that thought bit. that was quite a spooky thing. Mm. That's rather eerie in itself. I'll put a picture of that on social media. Ulster suffragettes such as Dorothy Evan and Madge Muir were in prison there during 1914. First World War. Yeah. So other notable inmates of the jail's 150-year history include Eamon de Valera, is that how you say it? Do you know who that person is? Um, Martin McGuinness. 
you know who that is? Yeah. Michael Stone. Yeah. And Bobby Sands. Know who Bobby Sands is? Yeah. And Ian Paisley was in for two days or two weeks. So Bobby Sands was a very sad story, wasn't it? He died in the 1981 hunger strike of Irish Republican prisoners while he was detained. Not in that prison, but no, Mays Prison in Mays, County yeah. Down during the Troubles. Yeah. After a constant stream of sectarian violence and oppression. Yeah. Both in and out of jail. Yeah, so a lot of the kind of, going back to the Troubles, a lot of the prisoners on both sides were interned, weren't they, into Crumlin Road. And then the Mays was built as a specific prison for... You know, internment, which you can have a read about. Yeah. If you can I was going to go into all that, but I thought, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so it was before the maze existed, this, which is a very strange prison. You can read about that on the side, but Crumlin Road was used for a lot of the, in a lot of the early days of the Troubles. Yeah. To house prisoners on both sides of the spectrum. So it was... During the last stages of the Troubles, the Loyalist wing was bombed, killing two people. On a 24th of November 1991, which is the day that Freddie Mercury died. Oh, right. So it was bombed. Was it blown up? Were people killed? Two people died. Were they? Mm. But was the building blown up or was it just two people bombed? Just the loyalist wing of the prison was bombed. All right, but did it, like, not that it matters. I don't know. Well, it might have just been a bomb inside that wasn't big and I just killed know. a few people. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just interested. <laughs> I should have done my research better. No, you shouldn't. Uh, it closed in 1996 and became a tourist attraction for people like me and you in mm. 2012. And like you say, 2020 hosted the UK's strongest man, world's strongest man competition. Yeah. You couldn't contain them, could you? <laughs> break out the walls, wouldn't they? Defend yeah. the bars. <laughs> wouldn't they? Climb out. Wouldn't they? Was that one of the challenges? Can you should escape from a jail? Should have been, yeah. If it wasn't, it should have been. <laughs> So yeah, we've been to the jail and we got to look around a big chunk of it and we even got to go into the tunnel that leads to the Crumlin Road Courthouse opposite, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That was built by Charles Lanyon as well in 1850. Yeah, it's a very impressive um, grand courthouse, isn't it, as you'd imagine? It's neoclassical style. Yeah, it's very... Well, there's no roof on it, is there? No. And it's dropping a bit, but it's the facade's still there. And was there a fire or something? There were... Mm. It had three fires in 2009, and there was another fire a couple of years ago. So it's like four, four fires. Yeah. Which is why it's roofless, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's a, so it's a shame. It's because it's a lovely building. It's and got it's, columns it's on, and stuff. Yeah, and it's on the edge of like a... Housing estate wheelie out the back. It was going to be, there was some talk of it becoming a hotel before the last fire. You'd have your work cut out for you, really. It's like, because it is a shell, isn't it? If you look at the front of it, you kind of think it's in better condition than if you look at a, at a picture online of it. <laughs> I don't know how hotel renovations work. Perhaps that's just an easy job for some people. But I can imagine it being a hotel. But yeah, and it'd be nice if it was used for something, but yeah. yeah. So that was the courthouse for the jail where the inmates were sentenced. Yeah, so the tunnel that runs under the road between the courthouse and the prison, that was to transport the prisoners to and from trials. Yeah, which is very unusual, isn't it? For, it's scary. You know, you, it's under a main road and yeah, it's just a tunnel, you know, you fit to a breast, can't you? Kind of, It's not a big you tunnel. breast. I did, you can fit, <laughs> fit two of them down there. <laughs> two so breasts. Can, so yeah, you can um, go down it. 
17 prisoners have been executed in the prison, which I didn't think, although it's sad, that's a lot of dead people, but I thought it's quite a, I didn't realise, I thought there'd be more. Don't you? Because it's so old. Yeah, but not that many people were executed historically in that's the good. UK. It's a, you know, you have to be a right wrong and all <laughs> accused of being a right wrong and The last person to be executed there was a 26-year-old guy named Robert McGladdery. That was 1961. 1961, he was hanged, yeah, for the murder of Pearl Gamble. He battered, strangled and stabbed her to death after a dance in County Down in January of that year. And he was he was actually the last person to be executed in Northern Ireland. Oh, wow. It's weird to think that was only 1960s. Yeah, I wonder what the last one in mainland Britain was. I think it's... I think, it, after, it? I think Scotland and England, I think <clears throat> that was the 60s. And I think Wales, Wales and the rest of Ireland, I think that's 1950s. Mm. So s- similar two decades. Were they buried there then? Uh, people that were yeah, executed. they were buried. The bodies of the executor were buried in unconsecrated grounds against the back wall beside the prison hospital, which we've obviously seen as well. Well, yeah, I know they're in there. I'm just wondering if they were because there's weirdly 15 graves in. There. Is there? Yeah, not 17. I think so. There's 15, and um, so I don't know where the other two. All right. Went, but yeah, they're not. They're unmarked, aren't they? In there, I mean, the mark is there's a bit of paint on the wall, but they're in the they're in just like the the yard, aren't they? In the grounds yeah. where I guess prisoners were allowed out. I'm pretty sure the guide that took us round said that someone had sneaked some kind of marker. You weren't allowed to have a marker on the graves at all, and I think there's someone has put something. I seem to remember something. Someone had sneaked, and they don't know who it was, and they'd put a, something on one of the graves oh, right. or next to it. I don't think I've imagined that, but yeah. I no, I'm sure there's markers story. on the walls. Of oh, is there? They, yeah, but they're oh. not They're not like gravestones. It's just a, there's nowhere to, they're just, if you didn't know they were there, you wouldn't know that there were bodies buried there. It's like, like a schoolyard. If you were playing kick around on the schoolyard, there could be 15 bodies under there and you wouldn't know about it. Um, the prison didn't actually have its own gallows until 1901 and all public hangings uh, were carried out in public before then. Ugh. That's nice. What a grand day out. So where were they? I don't know. Uh, but we saw the inside gallows, didn't we? And it was it was quite quite a dramatic display because <laughs> the guide who took us round showed us this room where the condemned would spend their last night, not knowing that they were sleeping right beside the noose, which was concealed behind a secret wall that they'd suddenly pull aside. Yeah, it was like a bookcase, wasn't it? The... Yeah, a bookcase, that's it. And they'd spin it round. And they dispatched the prisoner before they really knew what was going on. Which, I don't know if that's a mercy hanging or just, we don't want any trouble. Thing. Well, it's pretty a... horrible sleeping next to the noose, but I guess if you're going to do it, it's better to, if it's got to happen. Yeah, it's a grim, off. <laughs> grim turn of events, isn't it, to do that? But I guess, yeah, I mean, it's not humane whichever way you do it, but no, it's more not. humane. Than, but yeah, not very pleasant. And it's just, it was just on a, one of the normal wings, wasn't it? It was like a yeah. normal cell and then this bookcase and then, um, yeah, slide it along and then there's a gallows there. So yeah, you could like touch them, couldn't you, the gallows? Did we touch them? I don't think so. Was it a rope that's hung people? It wouldn't have been, would it? Um, um, that was original. Possibly it was. Mm-hmm. I hadn't killed that many people, so it wouldn't be worn out. I've touched guillotines before. Yeah, well... Uh, no, I, I didn't touch them, but I'm saying they were within <laughs> touching distance. I didn't put my neck in to try them out. <laughs> There's a scene in, uh, have you ever seen 10 Rillington Place, the film, with Richard Attenborough in it? Yeah. About John, Reg- John Reginald Christie. 
And there's a scene in that where Timothy, well, this is obviously a real, a real story. Timothy Evans was hung for the murder of his wife, but obviously he was, he was innocent. John Reginald Christie was found out to be the real killer years later. They should have known, shouldn't they, with these little round glasses. (laughs) He'd probably... His murderous glasses. He probably is the one that did it. But there's a scene in that film where they dispatch him pretty quickly, Timothy Evans. They kind of just like, come on, and then it's like, bag overhead, noose, there you go. And I'd never seen anything like that before. And I just thought, ooh. And then when we went to Crumlin Road, it was kind of quite a authentic insight. Yeah, I mean, sad, horrible place to be in, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't a pleasant... I mean, prisons aren't pleasant other, but just I've not been to many. <clears throat> to know that the people were actually killed there. It's mm. got had a weird, eerie atmosphere, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a pleasant place to be. A 13-year-old boy named Patrick McGee, who was serving a sentence of three months, hanged himself in his cell in 1858. Mm. So Crumlin Road has seen its fair share of tragedy. Yeah. And hardships. I haven't been to that many prisons. I've been to... I've looked around Lancaster Prison, Lancaster Castle Prison, Crumlin Road Jail, and Bradford Courthouse Jail. We had a yeah, tour around there, didn't we? The police station jail. Like yeah. The, the oh, yeah, that's it. jail. It's just... It's not a prison. It's just oh, right. the jailhouse for drunkards and people getting arrested around Bradford because the, the police station used to be in the town hall, didn't it? So they were like holding cells, you know, if people had been... Like the drunk tank and all that. But that, that was very interesting. That's worth a visit. I'd recommend it if anyone's in the lovely city of Bradford and you <laughs> fancy um, delving into the history. It's worth a... There's a police museum, isn't there, with some... Just a little place, but yeah, you can go in the cells and there's graffiti on the walls of people who were... In one of the cells, it's interesting that I think that was used up until the early 90s, similar but to Crumlin Road. And then there were people, that, you know, if they were arrested, they'd write the name, you know, Brian from such and such was here on this date. And so it's quite just an interesting social history of that you don't get to see much of. And that's um, supposed to be haunted, isn't it? Those holding cells. Yeah. They've got some, they've got some CCTV footage, haven't they, of a figure yeah. kind of moving back and forth amongst the... Stalls, not amongst the stalls, but in the walkway, haven't they, or something yeah, like that? They think a... it's a ghost called Chains Charlie, don't they? Yeah. But when I watched it, I think I thought it looked like a female figure. Maybe it was. I have to try and find that. But, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's Bradford pretty. Town Hall, and it's very old, mm. and the cells are down in the cellar basement. It's it's a lovely building, very interesting. There's a courtroom in there and everything. Oh yeah, there's um, there been there's been quite a few. Deidre Rashid got sentenced. Off Coronation Street yeah, in there, didn't she? Yeah, it's used in a lot of dramas. Um, so, yeah, it's not working anymore, obviously, but it's, yeah, it's a really interesting building. If you, you wouldn't know it was there if you ever visit Bradford. It's right in the centre. Have a look in. It's only a few quid, I think, yeah, to go in, and it's worth a look. So, yeah, like I said, Crumlin Road Jail has had its fair share of tragedy and hardships, and not just with regards to the deaths of some of those who were detained there, but with regards to the struggles many will have suffered throughout their detainment. So it's not surprising that there's some ghosts in there. Yeah. Do you know much about the ghosts of Crumlin Road Jail? I don't really know, but I'd imagine there are a few in there. It's got an eerie feel to it. Would you like me to tell you about some of them? Yes, please. (laughs) So various people, including Mm. staff and visitors, have reported strange sounds and voices of invisible people, both male and female, calling Mm. out for help. I know. What staff in the museum or prison staff when it was still there? Disturbances have occurred throughout its time as a working prison and throughout its time as a museum. Right. 
There's the figure of a man who's said to have been witnessed by many individuals walking and then abruptly disappearing along what was once Sea-Wing. Mm. And on D-Wing, doors shut of their own accord. Objects are regularly thrown across rooms or seen to suddenly vanish into thin air, and the ghost of a man who has been witnessed on many occasions standing in doorways silently watches those who walk past. That's, That's scary. scary. So do they have any idea of who these spectres might be? Well, there's some quite compelling photographs which we'll talk about in a bit. So oh, that, right. that might offer some explanation. Uh, the tunnel that we mentioned earlier that runs beneath the road to the courthouse is haunted by the apparition of a grey figure. Mm. Did you Do you remember them talking about a grey figure? I don't, you know, I don't remember. They didn't talk about the ghost that much, did they? They do a paranormal tour, though, to Crumlin Road Jail. Do they? So perhaps they save it. They did mention the something in the room as at the top of the stairs before you go down the tunnel. There was something mentioned was about a ghost. Mm. I don't think I paid that much attention because I was like looking around the tunnel because it was just interesting. On there, it was real. It's a spooky forth. tunnel. Yeah, it's not nice to be in. But it's B Wing that's said to house the most haunted cell in the entire prison, and that cell is the padded cell. And in this room, people have reported being touched or pushed, and visitors have complained of an overwhelming sense of unease. Mm. whilst experiencing the sensation of a dark figure watching them from the cell's corners. So what's that padded cell if you were like a suicide risk or something, or you were just... Or you're self-harming somehow. Yeah, so right, so it was, yeah. So that's probably the height of emotion if you're in, if you're in that level where you're going to harm yourself. That must be an emotional box. Yeah. It's no wonder. I don't know who the dark figure is, though. Yeah, who's that? This wing is also home to a ghostly prison warden whose footsteps can be heard ringing loudly across the floors and some people have seen him as a large black figure drifting from cell to cell. Mm. So in 2013, a lady named Sarah Murphy from Cork, who was visiting the jail with her family, was left terrified by something she later noticed in a photograph she'd taken while standing at the gates of B-Wing. And B-Wing was a wing that was shut off to the public and in a state of complete shadow. And I'm going to read out what she said. This is what she told Belfast Live. Are you listening? Yes. The wing was in darkness. There was nobody down there. But I noticed it when we got back to where we were staying. And I had a look through the photos and zoomed in. I noticed that there was nobody alive down there at the time. To me, it looks like a man in uniform looking down the corridor. You can even see the chin strap of his hat. And I've got the photo here. I'm going to show it to you. Do you think it could be the spirit of the large, dark prison warden? Yeah, it could be. It looks like he's peeking out, doesn't it? It looks a bit God is in his holy temple. It looks mm. like Cain from Poltergeist. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a, a tall, dark figure. A cowboy. Yeah, but like the hat looks tall to me, like an old-style prison hat, and the eyes look a bit aglow. They look like, um, it looks like... You know, at the end of the Dark Crystal, when the the Skeksis and the Mystics merge, mm. and they've got those strange faces when mm. they're one. I think it looks like that a bit. Mm. But yeah, that's eerie because the brim of the hat seems to be poking across the doorway, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's like it's it's real or physical. Yeah, that's something physical. <clears throat> yeah, that looks like a man is looking out mm. at the camera. It's a bit creepy, isn't it? Yeah, but definitely does have the look of a man in a hat. 
Uh, the same article includes a link to another spooky image taken in 2016 by someone called Carly Foster, who thinks she's captured the image of a little girl ghost on none other than Halloween night. Oh no. So Carly was taking part in a paranormal tour on Halloween night, because, like I said, the jail do do paranormal tours. And during this tour, their guide mentioned the ghosts of two children who apparently haunt the jail. Uh, I'm not sure what the boy's name was, but it could be, if it's true, 13-year-old Patrick McGee, perhaps. Mm. But the female half of the juvenile pair (laughs) is known as responding to the name of Isabel. And whenever her name was mentioned on this particular night, the EMF recorder went wild. And when Carly looked back at picture she took at that exact time, there's a strange, smallish figure standing in the doorway of one of the cells. And two photographs were actually taken at this time, in the exact same place, a mere seconds apart. And in the first image, there's nothing standing in the doorway of the cell that she shot. But in the second shot, there's a little pale figure in the shape of a child that suddenly somehow appeared in frame. So I'll show you the first picture. Look. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you the yeah, second. Yeah, it's like a picture of the hallway, isn't it? With all the prison cell doors. There's not much there. No. It's an empty space. There's an orb. Yeah, there's an orb there. You like orbs, don't you? I love them. <laughs> Martin hates orbs. <laughs> I don't hate them. I just think they're dust or something or a fly. But then look, the in the second picture, there seems to be a figure illuminated. Oh yeah, see, that's, that's good. That's better than an orb. That looks like a short figure, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like a child kid looking out the cell door. Yeah, with something definitely lit up. That's compelling. Bright, yeah. I'll share that as well. But I mean, the second shot to me looks lighter than the first, as though a, a greater flash has been used or something. Yeah, it's a brighter picture, the second one, but... But then you kind of think, if it's if you're presuming that the flash has lit up the ghost girl clearer, how does that work with ghosts? Because in the first shot, you can sort of see something slightly. Yeah, there's something fully, there, there's so something maybe there. It, was, it was already there in yeah. both of them. But then, just a brighter flash. But then you're working on the theory that a lighter flash would show the figure of a ghost much better than without. So it's like a presumption that the ghost is made of something. Like it's got a physical surface. Oh, yeah. I know we don't know how the metaphysical works, but it's um interesting thought. Yeah. But yeah, that does look spooky, that. She's got like a... She looks like she's wearing white with long hair. Yeah, like a... Classic. Gown. Like a nightgown. So aside from what is believed to be a ghost girl appearing in her photographs, Carly also experienced during a time at the jail the sight of a heavy steel door closing on its own, a strange ringing noise and a lot of EMF activity throughout the whole of the night. Wow. Would you go at night to Crumlin Road Jail on a paranormal tour? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go on my own. Just, (laughs) there'd be a guide. Yeah, well obviously it'd be interesting, (laughs) really good, but yeah, I wouldn't no, I wouldn't. Creeping go on my about own. on my own. I wouldn't probably during the day. It's creepy enough. We were due, went during the day. It was some early summer, wasn't it? A sunny day. It was nice. And there were not many people there. You know, it's not a. Well, it wasn't even when we were there. There were maybe like 10 people getting shown around. But it was creepy in itself. It was. Um, that was during the day. I think going where. Going somewhere at night where lots of poor souls have suffered. Probably during the night. Yeah. Makes it worse. <laughs> we went to a ghost night once, didn't we, in um, Kirkstall Abbey, Abbey yeah. House Museum in Leeds. 
And that was like a five-hour paranormal investigation, wasn't it? It was really entertaining. Nothing happened apart from somebody was taken over by the ghost of an old abbot, weren't they? Briefly, and said something. Where's the wine? (laughs) Where's where's my wine gone? I'm from Yorkshire. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Did you know I'm from Yorkshire? God's own country. (laughs) So yeah, that's how I knew it was real. Yeah. It was really from Yorkshire. But no, um, yeah, it was a... But that, was, I wasn't was... as scared in that because the places the places that we visited, they were... Um, it would have been nice maybe if there'd been more history about the actual house we were in because a, pla- a lot of the rooms... There was a childhood toy museum, which we... I wouldn't speak to the spirits, would I? Like, I was the only person who wouldn't speak to the spirits. But I think that's partly because I thought, I don't know if a spirit would haunt an object like that amongst loads of other objects. Because I think they, they were kind of saying that some of the objects were haunted. But I'm not sure about that. I don't know if objects are haunted. I think places are haunted. I'm not a big believer of the object haunting thing. But then some of the... Not like Annabelle. Yeah, I'm not not massive. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. I just... That's different. That's like a demonic possession. Annabelle was... That wasn't a ghost haunting an object that it loved. Yeah. It was a demon manifesting inside something friendly in order to wreak havoc, wasn't it? That's the message for that. But the Savvy House Museum, it was really good, but a lot of the places in it were replicas of pubs and stuff, and I'm not sure a ghost would haunt a replica. Like, if if I was going to haunt this house, I wouldn't haunt it. I wouldn't haunt it 500 miles away in a replica. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't wouldn't haunt the newly fitted toilet, maybe, as a toilet. Because it wasn't there, was it? No. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, but Crumlin Road Jail, I can imagine, because it's a definite yeah, it's place with was, lots of emotion. It, less, yeah. I don't know what is stored in those bricks, and at night I would soil myself. I think yeah. I'd still like to go. Like when you go to the Edinburgh Arches, you know, when you go to the what's it the when like when you go in there, I can Mary, sort of feel very scared. Mary King's Close as well. Yeah, Mary King's Close. That was good. My yeah. dad tried to slip a fiver to someone, didn't he? So he'd get in the arsenic room. Yeah. Which is weird. Why would you want to go and look in an arsenic room? There was a grand toilet in there, wasn't there? You probably wanted to look at that. Yeah. The grand toilet. What's the arsenic room? Tell people. Oh, it's a room that was... It's painted green and there's arsenic in the paint. Yeah. So you can't go in there yeah. because of the arsenic in the paint. You might damage yourself by breathing it in. Your arsenic. Maybe that's why there's a toilet in there. Yeah, exactly. Many paranormal groups and ghost hunters have explored the grounds of the jail mm. and they've been they've investigated reports of hauntings and to see whether they can catch any evidence to reinforce the existence of spirits. Um, but they've successfully captured several recordings, both on video and digital voice recorders, of a man groaning, sighing, coughing and whistling. I'm not sure if that's from one man or several people. And Morrison. <laughs> No. Equally shuddersome. Just walking past, isn't it? <laughs> if anyone doesn't know Van Morrison's from Belfast, the venerable Irish songsmith. Oh, he's very he's very good. Listen to him. But yeah, he's a Belfast native. Cool. But he wasn't in Crumlin Road Jail. I'm only no. joking. Well, he might have been. You don't know. He might have visited. I don't. Well, yeah. He's he might probably, have haunted because he liked it so much. Maybe. He might, he'll have had a look around probably, won't he, when yeah. he's been visiting. He might have done a gig. He might have watched the World's Strongest Man competition. Yeah, he might have been there watching it. Yeah. Does he still... Yeah. Where does he live now? America. He'll live where he wants, won't he? 
<laughs> he probably thought I can live in like Los Angeles or I can live in the East End of Belfast or whatever. So he's probably chosen Los Angeles, which Fair enough. get better weather, don't they? But lastly, I'm going to go back to the subject of photographs because this was mentioned in our tour. I'm sure it did. And I didn't know what he was on about, the man mm. who showed us round. There's a well-known image that is known as the infamous face in the coffin picture. Do you remember? Mm, vaguely. Um, it was captured by a tourist whilst posing in a coffin during a tour of the jail. And it shows a photograph of a man standing upright, pretending to be dead in the inside of a coffin. Mm. And to the right side of his face, there's another large face that's sort of mimicking the face that the tourist is doing. And it looks like, it looks a bit like Treebeard from Lord of the Rings or a face that comes out of the wall in Nightmare, but I'm going to show you it. It's slightly larger. It looks CGI. So when was this picture taken? I don't know, actually. I don't know, but I'll show you it. I might enlarge it. There, look. Oh, yeah. That's weird. What does that look like to you? It looks like the mummy returns, or something. the mummy from... It looks like a... It's, yeah, it's very big, isn't it? But it looks like it could be a dead person. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a dead person. <clears throat> yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty famous. But the nose and the eyes and the mouth are so defined. It looks like there's a beard there. Yeah. You can't see the, you can't see the hairline. It so kind of where, stops at the hairline. Where was... Did we see that coffin? The the tour guide mentioned it, so I think we must have done. It's just like a... I can't remember seeing the coffin. But I remember him talking to us about that. Yeah, no. But yeah, that's spooky. I'll put that online as well. I'll um, I'll find out when it's from as well. That's weird. That's very strange. Unless that is a hoax and someone's gone home and done it. The more worrying thing is, why is he dressed as a painter and decorator? (laughs) I think that's a prison outfit. Because do you remember when we went in, there were like these stalls where you had to get changed into prison clothes or something? <laughs> he does look like a painter and decorator. Or was he? He might have been a painter. He might have been painting <laughs> oh, maybe. the place. Maybe. Just seems odd, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. He might be a maintenance bloke or something, you know. I can't see any paint on his overalls. Caretaker. I can just see a ghost right next to his face. But the ghost face is to the side of him. It's not in the place yeah, where which... a face would be. But maybe moment. once you're dead, you sort of do sidle to the side in your coffin, maybe. You don't maybe. stay where you are, do you? Get more comfy. Yeah. Or if you've slid. Did you oh, enjoy it's... those ghosts? Yeah, it was very... Um... I spent a long time talking about jail. <laughs> not really much know. about the ghosts. Builds it up, doesn't it? Gives context. Yeah. Is that enough? What do you mean? Is that enough to talk about? No, I'm saying is that enough or not? I'm asking you, is that enough? Or we're talking about anything else? No. Yeah, it's good. I'm not, it's not a criticism, I'm not questioning you, I'm just saying, <laughs> is that it? I'm not criticising Is that because your pint's nearly run out? I do need the toilet. <laughs> That's it, Matt. Yeah. But have you enjoyed it? Yeah. Will you come on again? Yeah, of course I will. I'd love to do an episode solely about the Titanic. I'll do one. Do one about the Titanic's tender that you can actually go on. Oh, yeah. The, we went, yeah, we went on the tender. The people who lived and died on the Titanic stepped foot on this very boat, didn't they? Oh, yeah. So we walked the same boards as the people who yeah. were the victims of the Titanic. I can't remember what else you can see in the museum. There's one in... Is there not one in America that's got a little bit more... A lot of the, a lot of the big important stuff is in America, isn't it? In the Titanic Museum there. But they still have a lot in the... Belfast one. They've got letters and stuff, haven't they? Written on the Titanic. Yeah. 
and you can touch an ice. Can you touch an iceberg? Am I imagining that? Yeah, to see how cold it is. If you've never touched ice, this is... <laughs> no, it's like do. a wall of ice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so you can say, oh, ice is cold. <laughs> and I wouldn't like to be struck by an iceberg. <laughs> you can touch um, a banister that mimics the movements of the boat as it's powering through the water. Mm. Remember that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good museum. It's um, You go on like a ride as well, don't you? Yeah. Like a, you can get in this ride and it takes you up and down as though you're actually in a shipyard and yeah, it takes you to various... And you can see where Titanic was launched when it was... Yeah, I mean, this is the... If you really into your history, there's a, you know, the, yeah, the bit where the ship was actually built still there and the, where they launched it. So, all oh, that's funny, you know, dry docks there and everything. I mean, still a working shipyard to an extent, but I don't know exactly what they do there. But no, it's great. You got me some coal from the Titanic, didn't you? Yeah. From a dive in the 90s. It's a tiny piece of coal. There's two tiny pieces of coal. Yeah. That's been taken from the coal that sunk with the Titanic. So yeah. they died, they went down and chipped chipped a bit away, didn't they? And then they brought some up lumps of coal and then, you know, you can get various things. So we've got a bit of the Titanic in our house. Yeah. I hope they don't haunt me. No. You better hope that your heart will go on. <laughs> I'll just tell them I don't have the heart of the ocean and I don't know where it is. Near, far, wherever you are. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words. So. <laughs> Shall we end it there? Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I hope you come back. Yeah, I'm, I'll be downstairs. <laughs> so you just shout. All right then. See ya. Bye. See you later. Thanks for listening, everyone, and for letting Martin and I inject a bit of Northern Soul into your day. We hope you found these ghosts to be good ones, and that you were suitably entertained by them. Along live the North, and all who haunt her, and may her power forever compel you to never presume that the still-living ghost of Van Morrison doesn't have the ability to hack your EMF senses and have a right daft laugh at your expense. See you later. Bye! Tetlers. <laughs>